0: Good morning. Glad you're here once again. It's going to be interesting to see who rolls in at 11 o'clock today, comes into the service, see if they have the, see if they have the guts to come in late, you know. Uh, glad you're here with us. For those of you that, you know, maybe listen to this on podcast, it's daylight saving time. This weekend, not savings, by the way. I don't know if you realize that daylight saving time—it's singular. But anyway, uh, yeah. So trying to get up and moving, and just in case you know your brain, you're still working on your brain getting rolling. Let me recap a bit where we've been in the series. It's called "Fishing for the Moon," and um, you know the song that we just sang was about being close to God and how much higher He is than us, and and that's what this series has really been all about. How um, you know you. You get the picture. You can actually see the picture in the graphic of the guy sitting on the ocean or in the on a lake fishing for the moon in the water, and that's what we do in life. We we take what's um, what's perfect. In this case, that would be the moon and what God has created for us, and we trade that for an imperfect reflection, and we chase after those things that are human and that are natural. And so, in the series, we've been talking about how to how to reject the moon, the reflection in the water, and take the moon from the sky, what God has actually planned for us. So we've talked about, let's see, we talked about love for Valentine's Day. We talked about freedom for President's Day. We talked about wealth because we need to. We talked last week about recognition. And today I'm really excited. We're going to finish this series and talk about something that at its core, here's the deal with what we're talking about today, that if we can get this one right, the entire course of our life will change. I mean, everything will change. If we, can, if we can stop fishing for the moon on this one particular thing, it is going to change literally everything in our life. And so I, I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. <laughs> as I was getting ready for the message this week, and I'm like, man, I need this stuff. I, I've got to keep getting this thing right because I, I get it wrong so much. And so you may be in the same boat as I am. So today, are you ready to hear what we're talking about? Even though Jeremy, spoiler alert told us last week. Are you ready? <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about wisdom, wisdom, because when we make wise decisions, it changes the course of our life. Now, many people consider the most wise person who's ever lived, short of Jesus Christ, of course, to be King Solomon. And he wrote the book of Proverbs. It's just like wisdom on wisdom on wisdom. And so he started off the book of Proverbs this way. Okay, this is Proverbs chapter one, verses one through six. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom. That's right out of the, he sets the tone right out of the gate, right? To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple. And what he's going to do now, just as we're going in, decode this a little bit. He is going to tell us that wisdom applies to everyone, (laughs) that everyone can get wiser. He says to uh, to give prudence to the simple, so if you don't have a lot of wisdom, so that you can get some. Knowledge and discretion to the youth, so if you're young and you just haven't learned a whole lot yet about life, so that you can gain that. Let the wise hear, so, so even if you are wise already, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. So, we're gonna, this, wisdom is so important, and we always need it, and we can always be growing in it, no matter where we are in life. So, what I want to want you to do, before we get into the, 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 the real meat of what we're going to do today, I want you to think about the wisest person you've ever known. Just take a second, think about who that is, the wisest person you've ever known. And I want you to just picture them or think about some of the interactions you've had with them. Who is the wisest person that you have ever known? And I want you to start thinking about the the characteristics that they have, the experience that they have, what made them as wise as they were. And I'm curious because I want to talk about this aspect of it for a second. So you, you've got that person, you're thinking about that person. Raise your hand if that person was highly educated. Okay, about half. That's what I was expecting, about half. And, and here's why I believe that that is. You see, we often confuse knowledge with wisdom, and they're not the same thing. Okay, so just because you have a lot of knowledge, it doesn't make you wise. However, to be wise, you do have to have a lot of knowledge. But, a lot, of, a lot of qualifications, but that knowledge doesn't necessarily mean education. It doesn't necessarily mean a degree or a position. See, some people are wise um, because they have a, an in-depth understanding of psychology. Some are wise because they just understand how people work. You know, you know what I mean. So there's a there's a knowledge base there that always provides the foundation for wisdom, but knowledge itself does not create wisdom. You know, some people uh, might have a computer science degree. Some people might just be good at tinkering with stuff. <laughs> you know, they just they just tinkered with engines their entire life and they never went to school for it, but they have a tremendous amount of wisdom in that area. Some people are trained in the culinary arts, and some can just cook good. You know what I'm talking about? Some people have a physics degree and they develop wisdom off of that. Some people just fall down a lot. So they get gravity. You know? So, so that, that knowledge can come from a lot of places, but that knowledge is essential to wisdom. But this is the point that I'm, that I'm really trying to make here. Knowledge and wisdom are different and they aren't exactly the same. So by definition, knowledge is acquaintance with the facts. Okay, Acquaintance with facts. And wisdom is discernment of actions. So knowledge is knowing what it, it is. It, it is. That's not a thing. Knowing what it is. Wisdom is knowing what to do with it. Knowledge is now. Wisdom is then. Knowledge is facts and wisdom is application. Knowledge is book smarts. Wisdom is street smarts. It's knowing what to do with the knowledge that you have. Right? Right? So wisdom is the capacity to know what to do with what you know. To know what to do with what you know. And you got to have knowledge to be wise, but knowledge itself does not make you wise. Many are wise without degrees, and plenty are fools with PhDs. (laughs) So they are different things, although we do have to have knowledge in order to build on that for wisdom. And wisdom is the key to living a fulfilling life. It's the ability to make wise decisions versus making foolish decisions. Bad stuff happens when we make unwise decisions. That's just a rule of life. Bad things happen when we make unwise decisions. And although there are a lot of things that happen to us that are out of our control, a lot of the times we find ourselves in the situations that we're in, the bad situations, because of unwise decisions. By and large, how do people end up in bad relationships? Unwise decisions. How do people end up in debt? Unwise decisions. How do people end up in jail? Unwise decisions. How do people end up UNC fans? Unwise decisions. Okay? Unwise decisions are a path to an unfulfilling life, even though they didn't win the other night. Okay? I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting in. I'm doing counseling, whether that's, in, you know, informal just talking to someone or actually sitting down and doing counseling with them, and they say things like, I don't understand why all this bad stuff is happening to me. And I'm like, what I want to, I'm I'm more tactful than this, but what I want to say is stop doing dumb stuff. (laughs) Just stop making unwise decisions and this stuff is going to work itself out. I know stuff, you know, stuff happens outside of our control, but by and large, we just need to make wiser decisions. And so the question is, and I I believe that everyone here wants to make wise decisions. If you you plan to live your life as a fool, what we talk about today is going to It's not going to apply to you at all. Say, go ahead and take a nap. But if, if you want to make wise decisions, it will change the course of your life. And I believe that you do. And so the question is, how do we make wise decisions? How do we go for the moon instead of the reflection in the water? How do we make wise decisions? And I would say that there's a necessary and secondary question, if you're asking that one, that you need to ask. And that question is, where am I going for wisdom? Where am I going for wisdom? Because there are two very distinct options that we can choose with two very distinct outcomes as a result. All right, so we're going to talk about how to make wise decisions. I'm going to give you four things today if you want to take notes. I know some of you are (coughs) avid note takers. I know that because sometimes you leave them in your seats when you leave, and I pick them up and read over them just to see how detailed you were. Uh, But we're going to talk about how to make wise decisions. And here's the first thing. We need to trust God over people. We need to trust God over people now here's the thing if you have a decision to make all right how many of you have ever made a decision good fantastic if you didn't raise your hand you just made the decision not to raise your hand so there you go you just made one so there's your first congratulations it's a big day um but uh so we've all made decisions and when we have a decision to make there's no shortage of advice on how to make that decision is there now, let me give you a little piece of advice. If you want to get a ton of comments on, a, like, a Facebook post or, you know, Instagram post or something, ask people their opinion. <laughs> you'll get it. You, if you make a statement, you'll get three likes and no comments. If you ask a question about what people think, you're going to get 50 comments and 100 likes. That's how that works. We were, a couple weeks ago, we got the chance to, our family got the chance to go to Disney for the first time. And we'd never, like, first time, we'd never been before. We didn't know. It's a lot. Okay, it's a lot to go to Disney and there's so much stuff and we didn't really know what we were doing. And so my wife made a post on Facebook and said, Disney friends, give us some advice. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The comments just started rolling in and it was really helpful. But there is no shortage of advice. Some of it's good. Some of it's terrible. So we have to learn how to filter through what is from God and what is from man. What is godly wisdom and what is human wisdom? And there's a difference between the two. Now, I want to be clear about this. When I say human wisdom, not, that doesn't mean everything a person says. <laughs> okay? the, the difference between godly wisdom and human wisdom is that godly wisdom is consistent with his word and with God's principles and what God would do in that situation. Human wisdom is the wisdom that comes out of our heart and what's natural for us. You see, we are, we are born naturally in a position of sin, and so that's what naturally comes out. And so we have to learn to discern between what is godly and what is natural. God, godly wisdom and human wisdom. And uh, the tricky part about that is that human wisdom often feels right. Which makes sense, because if human wisdom comes out of our nature, then it's going to feel right to us or seem right to us. So our filter can't be um, what feels right or what seems right to us, because that's going to that's gonna trick us. It's going to fool us. All right, so what I want to do, I want to learn um, and kind of see some dynamics of this from James. He was the a half-brother of Jesus, and he wrote a book in the Bible that's called James. Yeah, right. So that's right. It's called James. <laughs> James wrote James. And um, so he writes this letter, and he talks about wisdom, the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world. Now, to be clear, I want to be clear about the context of this. What we're about to read in James chapter 3, if you want to find that, James chapter 3 is squashed between James talking about taming your tongue and being careful about what you say, and him talking about conflict and managing conflict between people. So when he's talking about godly wisdom versus worldly wisdom here, he is talking about particularly... Uh, the wisdom that comes to us when we're in difficult, conflicting circumstances with people. So imagine you're having fights with your spouse, you're having fights with your neighbor, with your siblings, your parents, or an inheritance is going on, something like that. That's the kind of thing he's talking about here. But we can take these principles and apply them across the board. So this is James chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 17. And he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now that word meekness is really important for us to grab. Um, it's not a word we use in conversation much. But meekness, um, I've heard it said this way, it's, it's catchy, but uh, maybe a little cliche. Meekness isn't weakness, it's power under control. Meekness isn't weakness, it's great power under control. That meekness is showing that you have wisdom and using it carefully. But, he says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, so this is human, this is natural, All right? I want you to, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. I want you to imagine, this is the kind of wisdom um, that when you go to your friend and you say, you say, you say, man, my husband doesn't treat me right. He doesn't treat me the way that I think he should. He doesn't cherish me the way I want him to cherish me. He isn't kind to me anymore. That they look back at you and they say, you just need to go. Right? You deserve better than that. You deserve more than that. You need to get out of there. You you know, this is this is human wisdom. It comes from jealousy, it comes from in this case, selfish ambition, right? The elevation of myself. We have to be really careful. So he said, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and be false in the to the truth. So if you if you He's talking particularly to the person who's giving advice here. So if he said if you're bitter, if you're jealous, if that natural is coming out and you just keep your mouth shut. That's what he's saying. Keep your mouth shut. Don't boast to be false in the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. But it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic, he says. Now, to say it's earthly is to say that it's limited to what human beings are able to understand and perceive. To say that it's unspiritual is to say that it comes out of our human nature, not from the Spirit of God. And to say it's demonic, this is powerful, to say it's demonic is to say that this is a great trick that Satan plays on us. To take what is ungodly and convince us that it's right. To convince us that it's true when it's not true. He said, be careful about that kind of human wisdom, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And if I can just personally tell you right now, this has been the experience of my life. Every time I have relied on human wisdom and making a decision, I've made a poor decision. And every time I've relied on godly wisdom, I've made a good decision. It's that black and white in my life. And so it's really clear what he's saying that disorder and vile practice comes as a result of human wisdom. He said, but, verse 17, the wisdom from above is first pure and then peaceable and then gentle open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And so you take like that, and especially in a conflict situation, the advice you get better fit into that filter or it ain't right. <laughs> it's not godly if it doesn't fit that filter. When you're in conflict, that it's pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And the point of the whole thing is that we have to choose between godly wisdom and human wisdom, particularly when the pressure is on. And we have to choose what's better because godly wisdom is better. Isaiah said this For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. He's speaking from God's perspective as a prophet. He's saying, So are God's ways higher than your ways, and God's thoughts than your thoughts. Paul, um, the Apostle Paul, when he's writing in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 2, I think, um, he says that if, if you think you're wise, if, by human standards, if you think you're wise, you need to become a fool so that you can become wise. So so if we think that we understand how the world works, we need to we need to admit that we don't and humble ourselves so we can learn the way God sees the world. And when we learn the way God sees the world and follow his wisdom and his plan, then everything starts to line up and come into place. And James says this in uh, chapter 1. He said if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, you lack wisdom, if you're not sure what to do, and I know some of you are facing decisions today, if you're not sure what to do, ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. All right? So I know we all want wisdom. How are we going to get it? First, we have to trust God over people. Second, we have to know the Word of God. We have to know the Word of God. The beautiful thing, so God's wisdom and God's instructions are found right here. And What an incredible benefit that is to us to actually have it written down so that we don't have to guess, so that we don't have to wonder, so that we don't have to constantly debate what's my heart and what's God's truth. We have it right here in front of us. And I've heard people say, this bothers me a little bit, i got to be honest, say the answer to every problem you may have is found in the scripture. Okay. It's not actually true <laughs> because if I, if I, it just, it, it broad brush strokes it a little too much for, for my taste. Because if I go down to McDonald's today and I'm trying to decide between a Big Mac and a double quarter pounder with cheese, this ain't going to help me, you know, uh, except maybe the stewardship of the body. Maybe there's, maybe that would just tell me not to go to McDonald's. But, you know, so it doesn't have an answer to everything necessarily. But here's the beautiful thing. All those big decisions that we face, the answers can be found in Scripture Sometimes explicitly and sometimes implicitly, but it's all found right here in Scripture. If I want to know, so for example, if explain how this works, let's say uh, we're going to buy a house. My wife and I dec- decide we're going to buy a house, and we're trying to decide between this house and that house. Well, the Bible's not going to tell me choose this house or that house, but what I do see in Scripture are principles about financial stewardship, and about how to use what I have for ministry, and and about how to provide for our family. So I can start running that decision through the filter of Scripture and say, which one's a better financial investment? Which one uh, is going to leave us in a position to be generous once we have a mortgage on this place? What's going to allow us to do ministry and have groups over at our house, or people to park, or whatever it may be? I can take that decision, and I can run it through the filter of Scripture, and I can make a solid decision, a confident decision, But in order to do that, I have to know the Scripture. (laughs) Sometimes we have to make decisions, and it's too late to learn it (laughs) because we have to make the decision right now. The better we know the Scripture, the more prepared we are to make wise decisions when the moment comes. And the beautiful thing about this versus human wisdom is that uh, human wisdom is limited, right? Human wisdom is only capable of understanding what a person can understand or a group of people can understand, while God understands everything. He understands everything. He is he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He is always. He's <laughs> omnipresent. And He is all-knowing, omniscient. So He knows everything. He knows everything about everything. And, and I'll put it this way. So God knows what happened to you yesterday better than you do. And He knows what's going to happen to you today better than you do. And he knows what happened to your boss yesterday better than they do. And what's going to happen to them today better than they do. And he knows how that's going to affect your relationship tomorrow when you get to work. And he knows how it's going to affect your relationship the day after that. And on top of that, he had the ability to know all of that when he was writing this. When he was inspiring people to write down the words of the scripture, he knew what was happening to you right now. He knew you better than you know yourself. So you can completely trust what you read here because God is all-knowing. And it is going to apply to your life. You just have to know it and take it and use it. We can trust it. And boy, we get a lot of bad advice. How do you know if it's bad advice? If it doesn't come for the word, yeah? If it starts with, my cousin told me. I would just, you know, it might not, I would just at least pump the brakes, you know? If it, if it starts with, girl, I'll tell you what I'd do. <laughs> I just, make, you know, at least let's run it through the filter and make sure there's a lot of bad advice out there, right? And here's the beautiful thing is that, that I, I know you say knowing the scripture, that's, that's a little bit daunting um, because there is so much of it, and so sometimes it can be very confusing. But what God has done is He's given us the ability to understand it through a very powerful means, which is His Spirit. That, in fact, what God says in the Scripture, and it's it's absolutely true, that we are not capable of fully understanding His Word without the presence of His Spirit in our life. And when we accept Christ as our Savior, He sends us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to read, helps us to understand, to enlighten things, to see things as they are. Um, the, uh, the, uh, The Apostle Paul... Um, talked about this, or let me, let me go to Proverbs, actually. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, okay, these are, within these verses we're about to read um, are the verses that I learned the day that I accepted Christ as my Savior. They were very transformative and powerful for me. I'll let you know when we get to them. But in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, uh, Solomon is writing, and he's talking about the power of teaching, the power of the words, all right, the power of the word, uh, starting in verse 1. He says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. Hear that. That's a good thing. Peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And I think that's powerful language. That we're to write it on the tablet of our heart. That we're to be so familiar with the word of God. He's talking about the teaching here. But we would say for us, the word of God, we need to be so familiar with it that it is written on our heart. Because moments come where we have decisions to make. And we're either going to make a wise decision or a foolish decision. And there's no time to go read. So we need to have it written on our heart so it becomes a part of who we are. He said, write it on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And these are the verses that I learned the day I accepted Christ. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. That's human wisdom. Don't lean on it. In all your ways acknowledge Him, godly wisdom, and He will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. See, the more that we understand the word of God, the more we get... I've heard it said this way. I love it. The more we get into God's word, the more God's word gets into us. The more we read about Christ, the more we take on the character of Christ. We start to see the way he lives and he reacts. And we start to live that way. We start to react that way. And when we start living the way God shows us to live in his word... We start making wiser decisions. And when we make wiser decisions, our life changes. It just, it gets better, okay? It gets better. And so we have to know his word, and it doesn't change. Man, human wisdom changes all the time, doesn't it? Like, you can't even hardly keep up with what the conventional wisdom of people is on relationships or financial management or, I mean, everything you, put, everything you see now is like some link, like, like a new way to blah, 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 and, and it just feels like it pulls you all over the place. The beautiful thing is this never changes, and because this never changes, we can make rock-solid decisions that we know are going to be good for the long haul, not for the short term. They're not going to be out of date in a few days, just like those ash and wash jeans you're still rocking and... Well, get out of your closet, right? Doesn't change. And Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 7. He's just finished the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And he says this Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. That's the kind of life you can have when you make wise, godly decisions versus human decisions. And the beautiful thing is, he not only gives us this, but he gives us even more. Um, I want you to think of it this way let's say that I invented a, a new machine that could actually just make food appear, like Star Trek, okay? You, you plug in the numbers, and food would just appear, materialize right in front of you. Like, you put in an apple, and bam, you got an apple right in front of you. Or More realistically, you put in cake, and there's a cake right in front of you. For some of you, bacon. You put in bacon, and bacon is right in front of you. All right, imagine I created that machine. That would be Pretty popular guy, I think. <laughs> I would probably also be a pretty rich guy. But let's say I made it. It's proprietary technology. Nobody else in the world understood how to use, how to construct this machine. I had the sole rights to it. I had a patent. And when I sold that machine to people, I would have to provide, uh, I would, first of all, I'd have to provide instructions, right? How do you use this thing? What are the settings? How do you, how do you get bacon to be bacon instead of it turning out to be an apple and being very disappointed? How do you do that? There would have to be instructions that came along with it. God has given us instructions. But the thing is, the instructions aren't able to cover every single little eventuality that might happen with that machine, are they? I mean, what if it breaks? What if, what if uh, people don't understand the instructions or they don't know how this particular thing works? Well, then I also have to provide customer support, Right? so that I can answer their questions about the instructions, so that I can help them fix things when the instructions don't explain exactly how to fix it. And so God has not only given us instructions, he's also given us customer support in a way, not to cheapen it, of course, but God has given us his spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us understand this, but also to lead us in between the lines, okay? Um, So that's the third thing. So uh, first thing, trust God over people. Second, know the word of God. And the third thing is to listen the Holy Spirit. And this is where I was getting ahead of myself because I was excited. <laughs> yes, cause, cause it, here's the thing, and I want you to know this about all of life, and it's very, this is, this is a place where we get things wrong. Um, the Holy Spirit is your teacher in life. Okay? The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Now, I'm a teacher. You listen to someone's podcast, they are a teacher. You read someone's commentary on the Bible, they are a teacher. But the Holy Spirit is your teacher. He is the one who's going to help you to understand Scripture. He is the one who is going to help you make wise decisions. He is the one who is going to empower you in life and help you to walk through life. And so if you want to make wise decisions, you've got to get really good at learning from your teacher and listening to your teacher. It's the key. All right? You, when, when you accept Christ, for the, this may be a little foreign to some of you, but the way it works is when we accept Christ as our Savior, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for our sins, paying for our sin, paying the penalty, and his resurrection, we put our faith in him, then we become God's children. And when that happens, we're saved. And when that happens, God takes his Holy Spirit and sends him to live with us. And Holy Spirit's a hymn. It's not an it. It's a Him. He comes and lives with us and in us. And he walks us through life. He teaches us. And we have the choice through our entire life. We have a choice on whether to listen to him or whether to listen to our nature. We choose every single day we make that choice, whether we're going to listen to him or listen to our, to our nature, whether we're going to listen to our godly teacher or whether we're going to listen to our natural teacher in a way. And so we have to get really good at listening to him and letting him show us what we need to know in Scripture and helping us to walk through life if we want to make wise decisions. All right, this is where I was getting to with Paul earlier. Um, Paul was trying to explain to the church in Corinth about... Um, about this idea of spiritual wisdom versus earthly wisdom, and he's using the example of, um, of Jesus Christ himself. Because what happened when Jesus came to earth, he was the Son of God, he was the Messiah that had been promised all throughout the Old Testament. He was that man, yet a lot of people who were really, really intelligent, had a lot of knowledge, did not accept him as the Messiah. And the reason is because they were relying on earthly wisdom because Jesus wasn't what they expected him to be or what they wanted him to be. They allowed their, their sinful nature to control their perspective of Jesus rather than letting God per- control their perspective of Jesus. And so what Paul is saying, what, he's, what we're about to read, he's talking about how when you people who, had, uh, who, who were relying on natural wisdom had their eyes closed to Jesus, but people who were relying on spiritual wisdom had their eyes open to Jesus, and what a difference that makes. Okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and he says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom. He's talking about the wisdom of understanding Jesus. Okay? We do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. You see, he's saying this, this is not human wisdom. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom from God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. He said, God's been saying this all along. They just just couldn't see it. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it's written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. This is prophecy from the Old Testament. He's saying, God said you weren't going to be able to Create an image of Jesus through human wisdom. Whatever, if we, if we were trying to create the Jesus that we wanted, it wouldn't be the Jesus that we got. Does that make sense? And so there were people all throughout history who were waiting for the Jesus that they wanted, and when Jesus came, he wasn't that, and so they wouldn't accept him. Does that make sense? Am I making? Okay, I feel like I'm confusing myself. Anyway, um, he said, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. So the Spirit showed us these things, showed us who Christ was. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we've received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. So he's saying, God has given us the Spirit so we can know Him, so we can understand His wisdom, so we can understand His Word. And he said, we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. It's those who have the Spirit that are able to comprehend the wisdom of God. And the thing is that we need to be really clear that the Spirit always, always agrees with the Word. The Spirit always agrees with the Word. And so if the Word says one thing, the Spirit will not tell you something else, but the Spirit can fill in between the lines what the Word doesn't necessarily, specifically cover, okay? I've heard some people say, the Spirit told me to blank, blank, blank. I'm like, nope, didn't tell you that. I know they didn't tell you that because <laughs> that's inconsistent. with well, The Spirit's never going to be inconsistent with the Word. So the Spirit and the Word work in tandem in our life. The Spirit, we can have knowledge of the Word. What the Spirit does is helps us to apply it. So word with the Word comes knowledge, with the Spirit comes wisdom. With the Word comes knowledge, with the Spirit comes wisdom. That's how it works. And then sometimes, I know, when we get in difficult situations particularly, it's hard to filter through uh, God's wisdom, human wisdom, what the Word says, what the Spirit is telling us. And so there's, a, there's another sti- step that we often have to take. So we trust God over people. We know the word of God. We listen to the Holy Spirit. And this is really important. We ask for godly advice. Because sometimes we're too, we're too into it. You know what I mean? Sometimes we're, we're too buried in the problem to be able to see clearly what God wants to say to us. It's sometimes it's too close. Sometimes it's too personal. Sometimes it's too emotional for us. And so we have to ask for godly advice. Advice, And i got to be clear, right? Godly advice. It's not your cousin Craig who, you know, who just got an idea about the thing, you know? It's not that. It's, it's, it's somebody that we know is doing the first three things themselves. It has to be. And so when we talk at the beginning about, uh, you know, the first question is, do I want to make wise decisions? And the second question is, where am I going for my wisdom? I I need to go to the Word, and I need to go to the Spirit. But when I go to people, I need to make sure that they're on that side of things, that they're not coming from a human wisdom perspective. It'll get us all twisted up. And we're surrounded by plenty of people who have plenty of advice. Proverbs, uh, Solomon said this, Proverbs 13, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And that's absolutely true. And I want you to flip yourself over to the other side of the coin for this for a moment, too. When people come to you for advice, because they will, when they come to you for advice, where are you coming from? Are you coming from a place of human wisdom or are you coming from a place of godly wisdom? If someone asks you for advice and you you don't know a clear biblical spirit-led answer to that question, just don't say anything. Just say, I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's pray about it together. Let's read some things together. Let's figure it out together. But don't, don't just we don't want to just open our mouth and spurt out whatever sounds good to us because odds are whatever sounds good to us is probably going to be human wisdom. So we need to be very careful about who we're talking to. But this is really important for us to do. It's part of the reason that we're together as a church so that we can help each other make wise decisions. To create a place where you can ask people confidently, knowing that they're going to give you godly advice versus human advice. Because if I post it on Facebook, who knows? I don't know what, I, you know, who knows what's going to come? I don't know what's going to come. But if I ask someone here at church, if I ask someone that I trust, if I ask someone that I know is is in the Word and is listening to the Spirit, I can be pretty confident in the advice that they give to me. It's what we're supposed to do for each other, part of what we're supposed to do. Um, Paul put, wrote it this way in the book of Colossians. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You hear that? Let the word dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. So we're supposed to do this. We're supposed to teach each other, challenge each other, hold each other accountable, give each other that wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so we need to be here for each other. And um, so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Because I know that some of you are facing really big decisions, or big challenges in life, and you're not sure what to do. You might find yourself today at a crossroads, and you're not sure which, you know, where to go. You know, as Yogi Berra said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it, you know. And you're not quite sure, you're not quite sure what direction to go. Um, and so I want to encourage you to rely on your church today and to, to think of someone from, from this church um, and I'll be hanging out outside if you want to talk to me, or maybe it'll be someone else. Um, uh, and just ask them. Just throw it out there. Throw the details out there. Say this is what I'm facing. I got to figure out what to do. I don't know what to do. Might be a job thing. Might be a relationship thing. Might be a, a financial thing. It could be, and you know, you know what it is. I don't have to tell you. And um, ask them, and say, hey, I really need biblical spirit-led advice on this because I don't know what to do. And I want to encourage you to to be honest enough to do that today. Um, And also, I want to encourage those of you who may have someone come up to you to be honest today. To make sure that you take a second to pray and to process and to think about what the right biblical spirit-led response to that thing uh, would be. And if you don't know, zip it and figure it out together. Okay? Commit to each other to help each other along. And what I want to do just as, as we finish up today is I want to take a moment to pray for you that um, whatever decision you may be facing, that God would cut through the noise so that you can hear from Him. Whether well, that's through His Word, through the Spirit, through someone else, that God would make that really clear so that you know what the right path is for you to take. And um, and I, I, want to, I want to ask you, uh, I wasn't planning on doing this, but during the message I just felt like we, we should do this. Um, I want to ask you to take a bold bold step. If if you have a big decision to make and you don't know what to do, I want to encourage you um, right now as we're getting ready to pray to come forward, to come right up here to the front. And if you want to come right up here to the front, then, we'll, then I'll, I'll pray over you as we're praying specifically. And anybody else that just wants to come up and gather around them to pray for them, we can do that too. But let's just, you know, sometimes when... We have a big decision to make, and we don't know what to do. We get paralyzed by that, and it begins to isolate us. And we think that we have to figure it out. And I want to encourage you today to know that you do not have to figure it out, that God will figure it out for you. He will lead you in what to do, and that's why we're here for each other. Okay? So if you have a, if you have a decision that you want, you want to be prayed over for, why don't you come forward right now? Why don't you stand up and come forward? There we go. we got some people moving. It's awesome. Life's tough, man. I'm facing stuff too. I've got some decisions. I'm, by the way, as we're praying, I'm praying for myself here too. Cause I've got some decisions in front of me. Come on forward. That's good. Yeah, you can. Do, yeah, kneel if you want to. You don't have to. Whatever, whatever you want to do. Come on forward. There you go. Come on up. All right. That's good. If anybody wants to, if anybody also wants to come forward and pray for. Put your hands on them, uh, whatever you may want to do. There you go. All right. There you go. Come on forward. Come on up. I'm going to give you time. There's no. I'm not in a rush. My timer's over, but it's okay. (laughs) All right. Cool. All right, everybody, let's pray. And for those of you that are sitting, if you would just pray for everyone who's up here as we do this too. And maybe you just didn't want to come forward and you have a decision to make. Think about that as we're praying. All right. Let's pray. God, we come to you and we recognize that you are higher and you are greater. As as Isaiah said, as he he prophesied, your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we want to start today with a position of humility to say, God, we trust you. And we trust your wisdom. And those who've come forward and are kneeling here, that are standing here, that have big decisions in front of them, those that stayed in their seats, they have big decisions in front of them, life-altering decisions in some cases. And you you know what you want them to do. You know what the wise decision is for them to make. They're just not sure. And so, God, I first of all ask that, that you would cut through whatever noise, whatever there may be existing right now that is preventing them from being able to see your wisdom that you would remove that. It might be fear. God, I pray that you remove fear of making a wise decision. It might be, uh, it might be concern. It might be consequences. They're concerned about what uh, may happen as a result of this. It may just be a lack of understanding of what you want them to do, and I pray, God, that you would lead them through your Spirit to Scriptures that are going to help guide them in the decision so that they know what is honoring to you. I pray that you, as you fill them with your spirit, that you would lead them, that you would help to remove any human wisdom that may be doubting, that they would be, you would help them to see clearly the advice they're getting from other people. What is human and what is godly? What is what comes out of selfish ambition, what comes out of vain conceit, what comes out of jealousy, what comes out of anger, what comes out of revenge, what comes out of fear, any of those things that come out of our human nature, I pray, God, that you would remove those influences from them or help them to see those clearly so that they can listen to the voices that are speaking your truth. I pray, God, that you would give them peace. Pray God that you would give them peace. To know that this big decision that they have in front of them is in your hands. And they don't have to control it. They don't have to make the decision on their own. They don't have to walk through it by themselves. That they can not only rely on you right now and know that you are in control. And that you know, you know tomorrow, you know a year from now, you know 10 years from now, you know 50 years from now, you know a thousand years from now, you know. And give them peace to know that they're surrounded right now by people who love them and will help. That will give good, biblical advice on what is wise. So they can make the decisions that honor you. God, I pray for anyone here who's not yet put their faith in you that they would do that now. That they would believe in your son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross. They would believe in his resurrection. That they would put their trust and their faith in you today. And God, that as each of us do that day by day, we put our trust in you. You will lead us to make wise decisions. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.